The F1 Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Get ready for speed. We just wait, sunshine. We just wait. Get ready for the passion. To whom it may concern you. Get ready for the raw emotion. See, sí, ragazzi! Grazie, grazie, grazie! Dai, forza Ferrari! Get ready for the F1 Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Z. Honestly, Cody, I, I feel like I don't hear this music enough in my life. Uh, this, this was one of the ones that I hand-selected, and I love it so much. Uh, so I want to hear it more. Maybe we should push to get F1 picked up for a few more episodes a week. I'm just... That's, uh, that's not a bad idea. I mean, I, I like it. I love that. Yeah, the entrance music is great. Uh, love to hear it every time. And we've actually got some F1 action finally. A race last week, a race this week. Take one week off after that. And then we have three more in a row. Like, we are into the heart of the schedule now and getting in our groove coming off of a 16 to 1 this past weekend. So that was a nice hit for us. And, uh, you know, hey, Max doesn't win again. So it's, you know, it's showing some invincibility. It's still Red Bull, but, you know, hey, Max <laughs> doesn't always win it, right? <laughs> it's pick your poison at this point. Uh, it really is. Of course, this is the F1 Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez. I chose a soft opening today. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the rain here. Maybe it's the weather in California. Uh, but I chose to come in a little bit softer than uh, than normal but it was all the the road rage com uh, <laughs> conversation we had before we started recording right? yeah we, yeah. we were talking <laughs> now about rod's our... like all right we got, it's time to calm down we gotta chill <laughs> i was i was using my uh my soft podcast voice yeah no we were just talking before we jumped on the air about uh road rage issues and just uh how much i need to tone down a little bit i think i watch way too much aggressive drivers over the weekend that i i feel like it yeah, that's the thing i mean you know you leave the nascar race you get the speeding ticket and it's like what well, how can i not go fast after i just watched all that right <laughs> exactly exactly uh all right yes we are putting azerbaijan in the rear view turning our attentions back to the united states the miami grand prix for its second running will be taking place this weekend. Uh, of course, it's all that means that local times are good for all of us here yes. in America. We're happy to be able to do that. However, Cody, I really do enjoy waking up in the morning to a pre-recorded race that I can just watch at my leisure. Uh, yeah, but you know, I I like it when it's a, you know a little bit later in the morning, eight nine Central Time. That's about perfect. I, I like to get up quite at six. So I gotta usually start on the tape delay and kind of catch up as it goes on. But uh, yeah, I mean this one is uh what 3 30 in the afternoon eastern time so this is you know dead center in the middle of your day uh of course i won't be able to see it because i will be in kansas city at the nascar race so i'll also have to tape record this one but uh i trust rod will will keep me updated on how things are going as long as the bets hit that's all that matters anyways you know uh, that's the thing too but and, and for <laughs> you though i mean you can know the outcome before you don't care and and i'm kind yeah. of the same way like i i'll i want to watch the I, there's no way i I don't know how people avoid sports spoilers. I like dodge them like mad. It's yeah, I know. And you're like my father-in-law is so good at it. He'll be like, he'll text me. He'll be like, hey, can't watch the Husker football game. Like, don't text because we'll usually text during the game. Like, you know, and I won't. And he has no idea. And like, we'll be at their house, and like, there's a volleyball match on, and the playoffs usually like in December when we're there for Christmas. And like, I see it on my phone, and I'm like, fuck, they lost this. And then like, he's been recording it, and then he's like, all right, time to sit down and watch the volleyball game. And I just look at my wife, and I'm like. Uh, not gonna be, he's not gonna be happy with how this turns out i already know the answer to this question and it's like ah but i don't know how people do i just i'm, I'm on my phone way too much i think that's part of my problem <laughs> and it's impossible for me to avoid them so uh i just have to deal with it but yeah. and maybe uh media center they'll probably have the f1 race on and stuff in there too so i'll do my best to check in throughout the day for sure well like i said i i dodge them by staying away from discord during the, the during the race and uh putting down the phone 
Yeah, it's usually if I'm if I can't watch, I'm usually in a position where I can't the watch. F one is easier because if you know when it's on like six a.m., you wake up, you just kind of click open the TV, you go back to the start of the thing, and you can watch before you even pick your phone up. That's a lot easier to do. So uh, I, I do like that aspect of it at least. Well, we did get a chance, obviously, to watch an F one race last week. We just talked about it. It was Azerbaijan. Uh, they were on the Baku street course and listen, this was by all rights and accounts. I felt like it was a pretty entertaining race, even though, uh, you know, again, another Red Bull car won, but I still felt like there was some entertainment value in this. I really honestly believe that, you know, they gave us a pretty solid race through and through. So, and the entire strategies and all kinds of stuff that was happening, right? The hard tires and then the safety car that came out through a wrench and a lot of stuff. Like, I always, I, mean, I, I, I know some people, oh, I got screwed by the safety car, this and that. Like, I love it. It's, it, you know, again, we're, we come from the NASCAR world and the late caution flags and NASCAR has the overtime restarts. Like, you get all the drama at the end. I enjoy it when the safety car comes out late generally because max is usually you know 50 seconds ahead at that point but but uh, i mean it, it does it just shakes it up it's not always the best thing for the bets sometimes it can it can ruin those for sure but i enjoy the the late action you bunch them back up make them go earn their spots again um and it usually usually ends up in some excitement so uh i i enjoy when they get the late race safety cars. Yeah, and then there's not like 600 caution laps either. It's really just probably one or two, and then you're back on it again. So, um, all right, well, we will talk about that Azerbaijan race. we got to step away for a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about the bets. We'll set up this Miami one, and then, of course, we'll get to the bets, as we always do uh, toward the end of the show. But let's tell you about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with us, the SGPN, for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. How do you do that? Well, I'll tell you in a second. But let me talk about Shady Rays first. They got you covered from the sun to the slopes with premiumized polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, so much more. They got durable frames for extremely clear optics for your outdoor adventures. And plus, that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses you get is backed by their lost and broken replacement policy. What does that mean? Well, if you lose it, you break it. Doesn't matter if it's 10 seconds after you buy it, 10 years after you buy it. They're going to send you a brand new pair with no questions asked. They don't care how it happened. They just care that it happened. They want to get you another pair and get you back on the road. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they always got your back long after you purchase. If you don't love them too, here's the best part. Exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. Literally no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. That team, like I said, has always got your back. And right now, go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then... Take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Oh, yeah. Welcome to May, by the way. Uh, happy May, everybody. It is the, of course, second day of May if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, but, yeah, welcome to May. Welcome to a new month of fantastic stuff. And like Cody said beforehand, a, a bunch of, of F1 racing. I was almost going to say NASCAR. Damn too many days in a row with NASCAR. But yes, F1 racing for sure. Uh, cannot wait to have this United States, the, the first United States Grand Prix of the year uh, to happen. But let's look back at Azerbaijan. Like we said, Max Verstappen is not all powerful. In fact, there are races that he's going to lose. This, my friend, was one of them. Thank God we got to see somebody else win. Of course, it was the same manufacturer, just a different winner. Yeah, you know, it happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're four, four events in and he's only won twice. So that's uh, pretty, you know, for it looked like from the, the first uh, first race of the season that it was going to be uh, a lot of max ever. Could he win all the races? Of course, was kind of the thing right away, like just because they look so dominant. But yeah, I mean, Red Bull, granted, has won all four races, but they've split it two and two between the two of them. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do think that that shows two things right it shows that max is not necessarily completely invincible himself he can be beaten by other people it has to be a red bull car maybe it shows how 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 good the red bull cars are right like i mean they're obviously the elite of the elite and checo obviously a great driver in his own right as well and he's done a good job so far this season but it goes to show you that that both of those things that 
that Max isn't all powerful. He can be beat and that it's tough to beat Red Bull in general because Red Bull just has a leg up on everyone at this point. Yeah, and considering the fact that even uh, even Verstappen was like 15 seconds ahead of the Ferraris in third place, like that just goes to show you that Perez was ahead of Verstappen by about three or four seconds, and then Verstappen had the rest of everybody behind him by 17. Yeah, and that was even after the, the later safety car. Like They still were able to pull that far away, so... I mean, it, yeah, it goes to show you these these Red Bull cars just they've got such an advantage right now. It's going to be interesting. And we see this through all all forms of racing. I mean, you go to your local dirt track and there's going to be different times of, of different years where, uh, you know, a guy will win just six, seven weeks in a row. And it's like, oh, my God, nobody can catch him. And then finally somebody figures something out and and he starts getting the competition and you see it in NASCAR and you see it in, in even IndyCar has their streaks where guys go through and there's a bunch of different winners like it's so that's just that's how racing goes. And, and right now it's Red Bull's world and, and we've seen it in the past with F1 like it for a long time. It was Mercedes world, right? And everybody was chasing Lewis. Everybody was chasing Mercedes uh, Schumacher back in the day with Ferrari. I mean, they were on top of the world for a long time. And so it's just that's how racing goes. And it's that's a part of it that makes it so much fun right now. We get to see what these teams do, what changes they implement and how they can chip away at it. And, and I think we're as we go over our bets today, we, we kind of have pointed a team out that we think is maybe making small gains. We don't think that they're necessarily going to run head to head with them all the time, but but they're maybe chipping away at it. And, and I think that that's going to be one of the fun storylines to watch throughout the year is who can get close to them and can we get to a point this season where it's not just the Red Bull show. I mean, you go back to last season and even early on, it was Red Bull and Ferrari neck and neck for a while before Red Bull started to kind of, I mean, really this Miami GP was kind of the race where Max, I think took either, I think he either took the lead back in the points or, or was got real close after this race and got it the following week. But, um, and this was kind of where things started changing. And then obviously Max ran away with it, set the record, but but early on in the season, even it wasn't just Red Bull. Ferrari was up there as well. Yeah. And I mean, again, I think we see and we'll talk about it, too, when we actually start talking about our bets as far as as what Ferrari has for the rest of the field. So uh, maybe we'll save that for when we get to the bets. But let's look back at our bets from last week uh, where we hit a good one. Obviously, Cody alluded to it earlier, a 16 to one um, and, and made our day actually, quite uh, happy. Actually swept everything except for the winner, which yeah, you did. again, you know, I mean. We're just kind of tossing out winners in case the Red Bulls don't win, but uh, <laughs> but hit the rest of them. So it was, it was actually a really good week, which was much needed because NASCAR didn't go so well. So uh, at least we won in one of the the, the motorsports races. Right? Yeah, you definitely care. Yeah, you carried this week for sure uh, for for us because I I started out. Well, I'll just start out with mine. Uh, I had Hulkenberg over Albon uh, as far as the finish of the race, and Hulkenberg. I knew we were in trouble when Hulkenberg had to start. From the pits, that was it. I knew there was no way yeah, we were going to get that. And Albon finished in 12th, where uh, Hulkenberg finished in 17th. There was no point in this race in which Hulkenberg was going to finish over Albon. I was pretty sad to see it happening. But yeah, that, mine, I was wrecked from the start. Yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. And you know when they, they end up with the penalty and have to start on the pit lane, that always throws a big wrench in things. Um, I did have over 16 and a half classified finishers. That was minus 125. That one hit. We ended up with 18 classified finishers. So only two guys that were not classified. Um, and so, yeah, we're kind of on a, we'll touch on this in a bet coming up, but on a streak, I mean, all four races so far this season, 17 or more classified finishers. So uh, pretty, pretty decent start to the, to the season for these guys. And, and actually getting to the end of these races enough to be classified at least. Yeah. Other than Australia. I mean, Australia was a, just a complete disaster all the way around. So we'll, we'll throw that race out for sure. Um, I had Hamilton on the pole. I mean, I like the odds at 20 to 1, but unfortunately he had no speed. Uh, obviously, Charles Leclerc got the pole. And, and really, this, this whole sprint thing, I think, kind of threw everybody off. They didn't like it. Um, they were not a fan of the way qualifying was earlier in the week. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I learned my lesson as far as on, qual on sprint weekends, just don't bet on the pole. Yeah, it, I mean, again, it's, the pole can really can go to anyone, 
and what's crazy too, just real quick to go back on the classified thing, there was actually 17 classified finishers at Australia, but only 13 track or only 12 drivers actually finished by the end of it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, a 20 to one on Hamilton to win a pole, it's something he can do if they hit things right. I think that honestly, the sprint races might be the week to, to actually do it because there is only the one practice. If you happen to catch a guy that unloaded quicker, maybe that does give the advantage more to the Red Bulls because they're just likely going to be fast and they don't, you know, somebody else hasn't had a chance to work on their car as much. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was interesting, the whole qualifying and then the other qualifying and then the sprint not really affecting the race. It was it was an interesting interesting thing, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, I think I took a stab on the wrong weekend to, to have a poll. Yeah. Uh, a pole guy so oh well that happens that's why you throw some of these long shots out because you might hit george russell 16 to 1 fast slap who knows <laughs> uh you know but i had lando to finish in the points plus 130 also gave him out for a top six at plus 900 just because i felt like there was value there ends up with ninth place so he cashes the the points finish um you know a couple guys a couple of these guys had problems at the front he could have slid up into six that was kind of what you're going for on a on a longer shot there but uh the main bet of course in that was him to finish in the points Plus 130, very nice hit there. You got to think that Lando's pretty excited about just the fact that he was able to finish in the top 10 in this one because you look at the ones ahead of him, you know, the Ferraris, the Red Bulls, even the Aston Martins at this point, you know, he was basically the best of the rest. Yeah, and best so, of the rest, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got, you know, it's moved up to big four now, right, with Aston Martin kind of jumping into that conversation. And, and yeah, Lando was the best finisher of, of the rest of them. Um, and he's, he's kind of, you know, they had a rough start to the season. Two bad finishes to start the season, uh, but since then, these last two races, things have been looking up for him. Uh, and uh, again, we'll talk about that in a few. But I think maybe that that'll continue going forward. We'll continue with the bets going forward, but we got to step away one more time to tell you about Underdog Fantasy because we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania Four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Go head over right now to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. It's Kentucky Derby Week and the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network for all your Triple Crown bets. Please leave a review for the show whenever you get your podcasts. Between now and the Belmont on Saturday, June 10th, you're going to get entered into a drawing to win a canvas print of the Wolf's one-of-a-kind fallen Bob painting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's post time. All right, let's get back to some of these bets from Azerbaijan. Uh, I had the Red Bull fastest pit stop, ladies and gentlemen. Red Bull's back on top. Man, they got Sergio Perez out in a blistering. This was the, I think this was the pit stop actually after, um, or was it before? It was, it was after the, the, um, the safety car, right? That was the one that he, he was able to take because the safety car gave him the opportunity to do it, I think. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was that last one where it was super quick. But yeah, I mean, again, you know, if something's broke, don't need to fix it. And, and this is just like auto bet almost every week. Like it's, you know, and they had a little bit of struggle to start the season, but now that they've kind of got things figured out, Red Bull does it again. I had both the uh, Ferrari drivers to score points, minus 175. It was juiced up a little bit, but you only pay the juice if you lose. They finished third and fifth, so nice, solid day from them. Uh, expected them to be pretty good, and I thought it was just—it was such a misprice. Have I know that they've had some issues, and and I don't—I guess maybe it had only been one of the three events they'd actually done it, but uh, it seemed like things. If long as things went good, they would easily get this, and they did. So not even really a sweat on that one. Can't hold them down for too long. Again, these these manufacturers—they're not. I mean, Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull, now even Aston Martin. Like these guys aren't dumb like they they know that they're slow and and they they're frustrated because they're slow and they they're gonna figure it out and that's exactly what ferrari did uh and and you know these drivers too it's like signs and leclerc they're two of the world's top drivers so it's not like you can keep them down for very long so again you only pay the juice if you lose like you said this time you did not pay the juice because you did not lose um and then of course i had alonzo through the 12 to 1 out trying to ride his his recent success, but this is one where Alonzo finished fourth, but it didn't feel like he had a fourth place car. I don't, I'm, 
you know, I, I, I watched the ticker, I watched the race, and I still <laughs> kind of don't know how Alonzo managed to finish fourth in all of the, the craziness that was this race. Yeah, just hung around and, and kept it there, but didn't, didn't quite have the speed that we've seen him have uh, to start the season. But, hey, if a ticket cashes, a ticket cashes, and, uh, man, this one just, I don't know. It, again, you're just you're kind of sprinkling winners out there, right? Because it's just, <laughs> again, it's... It's tough when when Max is minus two fifty. He's down to minus two hundred this week, Rod. So there you go. Pull the trigger, I guess, because you're getting the hell of a discount. <laughs> well, we <laughs> even told you too that that uh, Perez was not necessarily all that tempting at his price either, right? I mean, yeah. it wasn't as if we were off of Perez because we didn't think he could win. We were just off of him because again, the value right. was yeah, not he, necessarily. His, there. Yeah, his price wasn't that much better, and you expect Max to win. And if Max has a problem, maybe Checo's going to have the same problem. It's so again, it's just, you know, these the two wins in F1 are, are so much different than other other forms of racing or, or other bets where it's just kind of you're just sprinkling some stuff in case things happen, which is what I did. I tossed out George Russell to win 25 to one. That one never really had a chance. Fastest lap, 16 to one. Last lap of the race. He got it done. Cash the ticket. That's why we tossed these out there. It's not. And I mean, there's almost no rhyme or reason to these fastest laps. It's just. We're at four races. We've had four different fastest lap, uh, you know, four different drivers get the fastest lap in each race. So it's not, that's not a Red Bull thing. That's not a Max thing. I think this is going to be the one where you just keep kind of tossing darts out there. Hope you hit the right guy on the right week. It just seems like whatever situation guys end up in, whenever they have a, a chance at a clean lap by themselves or whatever the deal is, they, they can just kind of go out and get this. You'll, you'll watch that purple clock throughout the race and it just, it moves up and down the board all day. I mean, we've even seen uh, a Joe get a get the fastest lap at back of Bahrain. So that's not one of the elite cars at all, right? So it, it just, uh, I think that you're going to have to keep throwing these fastest lap darts out there. Hope you hit one every once in a while. Hit a 16 to 1 this time. Uh, and so that's always a nice day. And again, same thing with the winner. Like you throw it out there 25 to 1 on Russell. He ends up with a bad qualifying starting 11th, and so obviously that just tanks his chances, tanks his odds. But had he come out and qualified good, started up front, you never know what could happen at that point. That's why you kind of just, you, again, you're tossing these out there because if, if he does start first or second, we're tossing this out early in the week before qualifying, of course, but then his odds aren't going to be 25 to 1 anymore. They're going to get cut way down, right? So throwing those darts, sometimes you hit them, sometimes you don't. Luckily, we got it this week with uh, George Russell hitting the fastest lap on the the final lap came through for us. How stoked are you when he came in for those soft tires? I'm sure you oh, were like, let's oh. go. I'm like, yes, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Woo, buddy, it was, uh, yeah. It was, I mean, I was pretty happy at that point because uh, obviously a lot of these things were cashing. Uh, pretty nice week, but that's the that's the cherry on top. When you hit the big one, that's always that's always the nice little uh, extra cash in the, in the account there. You gotta love it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's turn our attention to Miami. It is the Miami International Autodrome. We are getting set for the second running of the Miami Grand Prix. Fifty-seven laps around this five point one four kilometer. I'm sorry, five point four one kilometer. Hello, dyslexia. Uh, it is three point three six miles around this track. 191 miles is the race. 308 kilometers is the race. This race features three DRS zones. Why is that important? Well, because we see Red Bull able to take advantage of those DRS zones every single week. We'll talk about that uh, as far as what's going on. But this span between turn 16 and turn 17, 17 is a freaking long straightaway. You want to talk about straight line speed? Uh, this is exactly where straight line speed will get you a nice chunk. Uh, a big sweeping curve, sort of uh, between eight and eleven. I mean, with a couple of twists here and a little bend. But uh, yeah, this racetrack is very unique in that it is by where the Dolphins play. They're uh, they're Hard Rock State. Is it still Hard Rock? Yeah, it's still it's Hard Rock, Rock Stadium. Yep. Yep, right next yeah, to Yeah, it's always, Stadium. man, it's a beautiful course they have laid out. Uh, obviously, last season was the first season. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool to see them driving right by the NFL stadium there and uh, driving uh, on the streets of, of Miami. Yep, no surprise. Max Verstappen is the lap uh, record holder here at 131.361. And then, of course, he won this race last year as well. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. He didn't win this race. He uh, he did not. He was the only one to yeah. 
Wait, he did he? He won this race. race. That's right. Yeah. He yeah. won the first yeah, one. Leclerc was yep. on the pole. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's where I got my my number ones mixed up. <laughs> so yeah, he won that, and like you said, kind of took off with the rest of that season. Um, you know, again, this is going to be a race where we're going to see it. I was surprised, just going back to last week, real quick, as far as Max Verstappen being able to take this loss with a little bit of dignity. I thought he was going to come out and start screaming and crying and and getting mad, like especially he did after the after the sprint race, yep. where he was fired up, mm-hmm. he was pissed off at, at George. Uh, after the contact they had there. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I kind of expected him to be a little more mad and he just wasn't really as upset as, uh, as maybe you've even seen earlier this season when he didn't get a win. Yeah. I was like, okay, here comes the max for stopping tears. Here comes what we're about to, you know, but it didn't. And I, I'm kind of impressed a little bit. We'll see if that holds up in Miami. Uh, obviously I don't think weather is going to be an issue in Miami. <laughs> I think we're going to be Likely good to not. go. <laughs> yeah. So. It will be interesting to see though. I mean, if he doesn't win this week, I mean, when's the last time he hasn't won two races in a row at this point? Like it's, it's been a minute. So be interesting to see how his attitude, if it's, if it continues to hold up the same way. Yeah. Uh, I always try to give you a track comparison shape wise, but yeah, I, I got, I got, Oh, one. you got one. Got what one. is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm right here. This is like a staple gun. That's what it looks uh, yes. like to me. Yes, another yeah. staple gun. Yeah, with that big long straight back there, yep. and, and the, it's got and like the, handle. The, the handle right there. You know, you squeeze it. Yep, I'll take I think that. You could go with it. I think I could go with that too. So just turn a staple gun upside down. That is what this track looks like. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, all right, we will step away one more time, and we'll come back, and we will tell you all about what we've got going on as far as our bets are concerned. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues. And or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning. Give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including. The injury report. Studs and duds. Waiver wire targets. And suggested fab. Market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J. Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old-fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week. All that and more. Hop on over, give us a listen, come for the football, stay for the whiskey. This ad's almost done. Going once, going twice. Sold. All right, as we get set for the 2023 Miami Grand Prix, we've got a pretty stacked card. You know, a lot of times we always say, eh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to find these bets, but sometimes they don't give us a lot. The book gave us quite a bit to work with today, so we're, we've got full blocks for sure. Yeah, and you made the comment uh, before before we started recording, and I agree with you completely. Like, it was easier this week to find stuff that you liked. I totally agree. I feel very confident in this one. Uh, some weeks it's like you're really kind of digging around, and, and you really got to dig into the research. and And this was this week came a lot easier. So hopefully that bears out in the results, right? Uh, that's not always the case, but uh, I think we've got got some good solid ones here. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. Let's 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 get some bets in, Rob. Let's do it. Maybe it was too easy. I don't know. I'm I'm a little scared. But go ahead. Let's start. <laughs> it always, it. It's like, are they tricking us? Is this some type of trap? You it's know? a trap. It's like when they have the when they have some of these booths, and it's like, I don't know. This seems like it might be too easy. <laughs> Will LeBron score five points, and then he's out after like a, three minutes, and he doesn't, and then you're like, ah, oh, damn it. it fixes anyway. in. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start out with uh, FP1. I'm going to take Shaw Leclerc uh, or Checo. I'm going to bet on both of them. They're each at 5-1 to one to be the fastest in FP1. Um, basically, looking at this, Shaw Leclerc was the fastest in FP1 last season. He was second in FP2, second in FP3, so had a very fast car in practice, all three pra- practice sessions. Uh, Perez was fourth and third, but then ended up first in FP3. Um and it's been it's been a max season in FP1, of course. So far this season, he's at minus a bajillion to, to be the fastest car, of course. So that likely could happen. But if it isn't max, I think that these are the two guys that have the most speed outside of max. Obviously, with Checo in the other Red Bull, and Shaw has been has shown some speed. And I think that that Ferrari, like we kind of mentioned earlier, a team is is kind of pushing towards the Red Bulls, and I think that Ferrari is that team specifically with Shaw. Um, and so I think that uh, it, if it's not Max, it could be one of these two guys. I think getting each of them at five to one uh, and, you know, if you're lucky enough to hit one of these, maybe Max unloads a little slow. Maybe they're trying something different. Who knows what? Um, or maybe Checo or, or 
Leclerc just show up and and they're quick. Um, Perez already has the fastest in FP1 at Bahrain to open the season, so we know he can get it done. Um, and then, like I said, Shaw did it last season. So, yeah, give me both those guys, Leclerc and Checo, uh, one of the two of them to be the fastest in FP1. This one's over on DraftKings, uh, plus 500 each way. So there's thing this thing in life, I guess, and in sports, is where if you're good at what you do, sometimes you just need a reminder. Sometimes you just need a wake-up call to to remind yourself that I can actually do this. Like, And a lot of times with, with guys like Max Verstappen running away with the entire sport, you tend to forget. I'm pretty sure that's what people felt like with Michael Jordan all the time. They got on the court with Michael Jordan, and they're like, oh, shit, I'm already done. Like, I, how can I win this, race? Uh, this game? Like, I've got to come with it. So the fact that Leclerc obviously won the poll last week, finished second, beat Verstappen in the sprint, and then was able to kind of hold his own. Obviously, they didn't win the entire race, or they didn't even come in second, but he came in third to, uh, to Red Bull. And at one point, especially even after the, uh, well, it, it took the caution for Verstappen to get back into second place, right? For the longest time, Leclerc was still the second place car. So, you know, well, once Max got to him, it was done, but... For the while, for the longest time, it, it seemed like Ferrari could have held his own. Maybe this was Leclerc's wake up call. Maybe this is what he needs to do uh, to get there. And I say that because my next bet is on Leclerc as well as the fastest qualifier. Um, you said it before. Uh, as you changed the thing. Uh, you said it before. I, I shopped around a little, Rod. I you found uh, Leclerc at fastest in FP one at plus six hundred over Ooh, on Caesar. So I like that. again. This is why you shop around. Hey, and the lines move too. So uh, we're we're yes, trying to give you do. up to the yes. as much as we can up Shopping to the finish. Live as we record. Live as we record. Uh, but I've got Leclerc as the fastest qualifier. I like it at plus three hundred because again, it's very difficult to find uh, Max Verstappen at any sort of um, price at all as the fastest qualifier. Right. So uh, I basically am taking my chance on Leclerc being able to do this again uh, in back to back weeks. Plus money. I mean, it's it's not it, like I said. It's very hard sometimes to find yourself plus money on these things, to especially in F one. Um, but yeah, I definitely like uh, Shaw Leclerc as the. Uh, I was looking too at some of the ones that like fastest qualifier without, but then I was like, man. But Verstappen's at minus one fifty to qualify the fastest. That's still pretty decent value if you're you know if you don't mind paying the juice. But again. Anything can happen, and I think Shaw Leclerc sits in a pretty good position, especially at plus 300 as the next fastest person to do it. Yeah, and again, the reason you shop around on some of these things, uh, I, I mean, he's only, or let's see, oh, I just lost my spot. <laughs> he's only plus 225 fastest qualifier over on a different book. Um, if you go over to the FP1 things, I just found him at plus 600, but he's plus 350 on another book. So you got to shop around a little bit. Sometimes you get better odds, but the fact that one book values him only at plus 225 shows you how much of a chance he has to get that fastest qualifier. You're finding a plus 300, you're getting a deal. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. I agree with this one as well. Again, I, th I think that you have to find places that, that Max can get beat. He wants to qualify on the pole, obviously, but it's not the same as the race where you give him the race to go out, hunt these guys down, and, and he's just... He's so much better in a better car. Like things can happen, and, and other guys can sit on the pole. We've seen it even recently with Checo beating him a couple of different times. Um, so yeah, I like this one as well. Next up for me, I'm going to go back to the well on the Lando points finish. Uh, he was plus money last week. It has shifted a bit this week after a couple of finishes in a row. He's at minus one seven. One, one, <laughs> he's at minus one fifty seven now uh, over on Barstool. Also going to throw out his top six again, plus 900 last week. It's down to plus 450, which is a crazy adjustment, but still going to dip in that just a little bit because I am I, very much liking what I've seen from Lando lately. Again, 17th place in the first two races, had issues in both of those, uh, but since then, six at Australia, ninth at Baku last week. Um, and then last season at the race, he did get wrecked out. Um, on, I think it was lap 41. He got tangled up with Pierre Gasly, but he started eighth. And then in the practices, he was 11th, sixth and 10th. So kind of showing that top 10 speed throughout the weekend. Um, and the result might've been different had they not gotten caught up in the wreck there. Uh, he's on the streak of two solid runs in a row in the top 10. 
uh, in that points finish. So I'm going to take that again this week with Lando at uh, minus 157. And then throw in the top six, too. Just a little little sprinkle on that at uh, plus 450 over on Barstool. It's like I said, though, Lando's got to be pretty happy about the fact that he's been running the way he has. Uh, obviously, it's it's never fun to to be running around the back, and I know these guys very much want to, uh, uh, you know, be better than they are. So I definitely think the fact that they they're doing that bodes well for them. I like it a lot. Um, all right, this next one is one in which I think uh, the research is going to try to skew you another way. But I'm going to convince you of just the hometown advantage for young Logan Sargent over uh, Nick like DeVries, right? Got to include the American driver at the American GP. I like it. Right? And they did. They basically said it's almost a home track for Sargent. He is, of course, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So he is close to home. A little home cooking. A little bit of being able to sleep in the same time zone that he's used to. So you got to love that for him. Uh, but here's where this has got to get kind of screwy, right? Sargent did beat DeVries in the first race of the season in Bahrain. But after that, it has not been the same for uh, for Sargent. Unfortunately, he has kind of fallen on some hard times. He finished 16th uh, in Saudi Arabia, where actually DeVries got a 14th place finish. So a couple of them there. Uh, Australia and all of the complete and total madness that was Australia. DeVries did finish in 15th, where Sargent finished in 16th. Very close. So again, they're kind of creeping up on them. And then, of course, it was Sargent getting the best of DeVries. DeVries finished last. He didn't finish this race last week, whereas Logan, Logan Sargent finished in 16th. Again, fully trust that the momentum is there. And, of course, if all things are equal, I will give the home field advantage to Logan Sargent. I very much think that uh, he's going to be able to show America that uh, F1 is a very viable racing option in, uh, in the world and, of course, in the United States. What better way to do it than in front of a lot of family and friends to cheer him on in the Miami Grand Prix. So give me Logan Sargent over Nick DeVries at minus 120. Oh, yeah, I love this. I mean, again, first American driver in F1 in a little while. Now he comes home. Not only is he he's not coming back to America and going to Coda in Texas or something, like he's in Florida, not far from where he is actually from. He's going to have so many family, so many friends in attendance. You always see it on Drive to Survive, right? Whenever these guys are going to their home countries, they're going close to their home cities, and there's that extra oomph behind them. They they know their family's there. They know their friends are there. They know their countrymen are there. I mean, there's going to be how many people there rooting for him just because he is an American, and there's that in common with us. And so I think there's always that bump. We saw it last week in, in NASCAR, right? The both guys who won both races uh, right there from that area, not far up the road. That hometown bump is always something that's real in racing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you, and I really like this one. I'm, I'm glad you found a way to work him in there. I, didn't, I hadn't even, I guess, considered finding a way to work him in. Well, I mean, he's from Fort Lauderdale. Like I said, I found that head-to-head. -head. I was pretty excited. Because um, the other, other one that I saw was on Barstool, was Sergeant over Albon. Sergeant was 255. Albon's minus 335. There's no way I want any a part of that. So I found DeVries in him. That was a good one. I also found another one that I liked. Uh, I actually am pulling a U, Cody. I'm cramming two bets into one box, but I'll, I'll take it. This was Valtteri Botas over Zhou Guanyu at minus 130. I know that it's juiced up a little bit, and this isn't necessarily as sexy as a, a bet as you think it is, but I like it because Zhou Guanyu has just had such a roller coaster of a season. It's been hit or miss for this guy. Guy. Um, unfortunately, he just can't seem to put it together for an entire race. Uh, this bet actually started off the season cashing. Valtteri Botas finished eighth in Bahrain, and then Joguanyu finished sixteenth. Uh, he was a lap down. That's that's where we thought his troubles were going to start. So basically, you know, you were you were kind of betting on Val, uh, Valtteri Botas to have a better season than Zhou Guanyu. But then Zhou Guanyu finished thirteenth in Saudi Arabia. Valtteri Botas he was the one to finish a lap down in eighteenth. Australia Zhou Guanyu had the better day as well, finishing inside the points, but only two spots ahead of Valtteri Botas. Joguanyu ninth, Valtteri Botas eleventh. Azerbaijan last week 
<laughs> These guys both had pretty rough days. Joe Guan, you did not finish this race, but Valtteri Botas, barely, barely, barely one position better in 18th. I still honestly believe that Valtteri Botas is is the better driver, believe it or not, out of these two. Uh, Joe Guan, you just seems to get frustrated and it hangs around in the back more often uh, than not. And you look at uh, Valtteri Botas last year, he actually finished in seventh place on this track. A very good showing for Botas in that Alfa Romeo. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu uh, finished dead last, did not finish this race. So, uh, again, this may not be a track that Guan Yu likes. He's struggling. Valtteri Botas, we know, solid driver. So, I'm going to take him over Zhou Guan Yu at minus 130. Yeah, I like this. And uh, if Rod crams a second bet into a box, I do that very often. But when Rod does it, that's when you really got to pay attention because that means he really found something extra he likes. So a little, little extra on that one, maybe. Uh, next up for me, I took overclassified finishers, 16 and a half, minus 165 over on DraftKings. Uh, again, it's been all four races this season, even with the craziness in Australia where only 12 cars finish, still was 17. Um, yeah, 17 classified in that one. We had 17 classified in this race last season. And then, like I said, so all four races this season, 17 at Bahrain, 18 at Saudi, uh, 17 at Australia, and then 18 again last week at Azure Zaban. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I just think that going to keep riding this overclassified finishers. Uh, things have been seeming to go pretty well as far as not very many big wrecks or, or if they're coming, they're coming late. Um, and then as far as mechanical issues, those have been coming later in the races too. Nothing super early for a lot of these guys so far. That could change, of course, but uh, I'm going to keep riding this wave while it's while it's working and, and go with the over 16 and a half classified finishers at minus 165. Kind of been nuts because it feels like, I, I don't know, it, like I said, with the craziness that was Australia, it just feels like the classified finishers has not necessarily been, I, I don't know, it, it's weird to me. Like uh, It feels like there's so much more carnage in these races, and yet it really, when you look at the finishes, it's like, no, it's really not, so... They've been saving it till the end, at least, so that's good for us. <laughs> yeah, they have. <laughs> Just get it in that last 5% of the race, and it's fine. Uh, I'm all right with all of that. Um, all right, well, so my next bet is actually uh, the winning margin under 8.5 seconds. Um, and this one's kind of crazy because you think to yourself, when you think of Max Verstappen rolling away with, uh, with these races, even last year, he only won by 3.786 seconds at this track. I do not feel like this is a track in which somebody can completely run away with the race a lot like we've seen with some of these, like Bahrain to start the season. Verstappen wins by 11, almost 12 seconds. Um, but then the next week, Perez wins by just five, uh, just over five seconds. Australia was a very close finish, right? Not even a second separating Max and Lewis, but that was because it was under the, uh, the safety car, basically. Azerbaijan was just a two-second win for uh, for um, Perez. Again, it was two seconds. It was them ahead of it. But now if you will go back to Leclerc, it was 21 seconds. So definitely a, a gap between the Red Bulls and the Ferrari. But the winning margin between the two Red Bulls was not even more than two seconds. So we haven't seen... Other than, uh, like we talked about with that first race of the season, and in fact, that first race of the season, we thought to ourselves, well, here we go again, right? Max is going to win by 12 seconds just about every single race. But we haven't seen that. We haven't seen people pull away, whether it's by safety car or whether it's just by the two Red Bulls being as fast as they are, right? These, these winning margins have not been gigantic for the most part this season. So I, I think minus, or eight and a half rather, um, is, is where I'm very comfortable with this. I like this winning margin um, in, that, in that span. Like I said, if it's the two Red Bulls fighting for a win at the end of it, then that's definitely uh, uh, telling me that the winning margin is going to be somewhere in that gap. So give me, uh, give me the winning margin between eight and a half, or uh, less than eight and a half seconds. Yeah, I like it. No argument here. Uh, I mean, again, you laid out the, the case perfectly. I agree with you. We've, we've seen these closer finishes uh, despite all the times that Max just ran away with things last season. Been a little bit different so far this year. And uh, yeah, maybe something happens late again, like we just talked about with the classified finishers. Things have been happening late. So I'll back you on this one as well. Do we have any more breaks, Rod, or are we ready to jump into the last one? No, we are ready to jump. I just want to... I want to 
quali- or qualify oh. that though is minus one twenty five for that that winning. Oh yeah, uh, under eight and a half. So uh, yeah, let's set up our winners. We're good. We don't have any more breaks. We gotta just get Love to it. it. All right. So for me, I am gonna take uh, again. We're we're kind of big on the the Charlotte Clare train this week. Gonna keep riding that. Uh, I'm gonna take him to win. He's fourteen to one over on on DraftKings. Uh, so I'm gonna get in on that a little early before he ends up fast in practice, fast in qualifying, and those odds drop. Uh, also going to take him fastest lap 11 to one over on DraftKings as well. Um, again, four races, four different guys so far. Shaw has not been one of them yet, but I think he could get it done. Um, and then Caesars has a boost that I really, I got to throw it out there because I like it. Uh, it's Max Verstappen plus Chase Elliott to win. So Chase Elliott to win the NASCAR race, Verstappen to win the Miami Grand Prix. Uh, and it's boosted to 20 to one. So obviously Max is like minus 250 or minus 200, I think, uh, to win this race. So this is a good way to get in on Max if he's going to win. And then Chase Elliott's 10 to 1. He's one of the favorites to win. I don't know that he'll necessarily be a guy that I'm going to pick this week to win, but he can win any week, every week. He's won at Kansas before. Um, He finished really good on his only other intermediate start earlier this season at Auto Club. So I think that that's a fun way to, to throw out a way to get Max to win and get really good odds on somebody from the NASCAR race as well. Cross our two streams, the F1 and the, and the uh, NASCAR thing, and, and I think that boost is is worth a shot at 20-1. to 1. It's funny. I saw that, and immediately I was like, I know Cody's going to jump on this one because <laughs> it is. It's an interesting little twist. I mean, you're it, right. It is. It's, yeah, it's fun, and I mean, yeah, again, I don't, I don't know that Elliot's going to be my – I know Elliot's actually not going to be my pick to win this week because I'm tired of betting on him and losing, but he can get it done any week. Um, he's, he's done it there before. He's going to be good. He is in one of the fastest cars week in and week out. I mean, the Hendrick team is, is the Red Bull of NASCAR, basically not to that degree, I guess, but they're the best team easily. So, uh, yeah, fun way to, to, to parlay the two sports together. Yes, sir. I love it. Um, all right. Well, so I'm picking Checo again to back to back wins. We've obviously seen in this sport that you can win in back to back weeks. That is highly possible. And in fact, when it's a Red Bull, it's more than highly possible. And the fact that Checo's at plus 330 to win this race, like to me, that just screams value because, again, we've seen them trade off wins all season long, right? If, if it's not Max, it's it's Sergio. If it's not Sergio, it's Max. So, you know, last week was a Sergio week. It could be a Sergio week again, not king counting the, that out. King of the street courses, right? King of the street courses, yeah. Oh, I mean, this plays into it. They kept saying it on the broadcast the whole time. This plays into the way he likes to drive. He loves these opportunities. He loves the chance. He's pretty pissed. I mean, not pissed, but he's he's voiced his uh, his opinions on that. He should be leading the uh, the what you call it, other than than Max in Australia, right? Uh, his deal in Australia. So Sergio's got a chip on his shoulder right now because he's he's pretty much thinking to himself. Oh, and I mean, again, we're four races into this. He's got two, and Max has got two. He's at the same level Max is at. He's mm-hmm. he wants to keep showing that, and if he's got the speed. Not going to pull up and let Max go. No, no. And they were not. Yeah, there's no team orders to let Max get back because yep. of that pit uh, strategy or that pit call in uh, in Azerbaijan. So, yeah, I mean, Sergio's ready. He's he's primed at plus 330. I think it's a very good call. I also threw out one more, too, that I liked. Uh, and this is now. So we were used to like winner without right uh, Mercedes and Ferrari. And well, now we've got. The winner without Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, and Aston Martin thrown I told in you, there. Aston Martin's part of the big four now. <laughs> I know they get they're getting better, and that's what everybody's recognizing. Yeah, Alonso now with Alonso in there, they're like, "Woo, we gotta we gotta throw these guys up in there." Yeah. So um, I, I have Lando Norris. We talked about him earlier to start the show uh, as the fastest one without. He has been that fastest one without those ones for several races now. And uh, he's been finding his groove. He's at plus one thirty five to be the fastest without. Those four involved. And then, of course, you can toss in his team as well at McLaren um, at plus 125 to be the fastest without. So, I mean, I, again, I, I'm pretty sure that it's only going to be Lando Norris if if anybody is that fastest one because I for definitely only, don't. For only 10-point difference, though, I mean, you might as well take the coverage on Piastri just in case. Just in case, but I'm, I'm no, it's Piastri, yeah. man. I'm not necessarily <laughs> thinking Piastri. It's likely going to be Lando. I love their matchups every week or like, Piastri's like plus 300 to his teammate. It's like, eh. yeah, no, he's yeah. Got, got a little get catching up to do, but no, I love this. Obviously I talked about Lando earlier, had him last week as well. Uh, very high on him to be the, the next best car. So 
yeah, this is another fun way to bet it. I really like it. Yep. So, I mean, again, Piastri was not necessarily that far behind uh, Lando the, a couple of weeks ago. It was only two, what, two, two positions separating them. Uh, Piastri finished just outside of the top 10 last week uh, where Fernando finished. Uh, I'm sorry, Lando finished uh, up there in ninth. So, um, there it is. That's that's what we got. So, get out your pen and papers. We're about to go over our bets for the Miami Grand Prix. Cody started you off with Shaw Leclerc at plus 600 or Checo at plus 500 to finish as the fastest drivers in FP1. I gave you Leclerc to actually finish as the fastest qualifier for the day for the race at plus 300. Cody gave you uh, Lando to finish inside of the points at minus 157. Also topped in, uh, threw in a top six finish at plus 450 over there on Barstool. I gave you Logan Sargent, the hometown boy, over Nick DeVries at minus 120. And I also threw in Valtteri Botas over Joe Guanyu, the struggling Joe Guanyu, at minus 130. And then Cody gave you over 16 and a half classified qualifiers at minus 165. I said that the winning margin was going to be under eight and a half. Cody said, well, we both always say, Max Verstappen, the bet to win. But if he doesn't, toss in a Shaw Leclerc at plus 1,400 over on DK. And then Shaw Leclerc with the fastest lap. What do you know? He could throw on some soft tires there in the last one and pull a Russell, get us another uh, plus money, fastest lap at 11 to 1. And then gave you the Caesars boost of Max uh, Verstappen to win and Elliott, Chase Elliott to win the NASCAR race at 20 to 1. I said Checo was going to go back-to-back at plus 330, and then I gave you the winner without the top four now, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, and Aston Martin, uh, as Lando Norris at plus 135, and then double down with his team, McLaren, at plus 125. Cody, bring on American F1 Racing. I'm ready for it. Let's go. Yeah, I love it. I'm super pumped up. I'm ready to go. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, again, we got a loaded card this week. Uh, we're feeling pretty good about this one. I like it. Riding high off a good week last week. Let's keep the momentum going, and uh, let's cash some more tickets this week. Let's cash some more tickets this week. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's uh, all we got for the week. We'll be back again next week to break down another F1 race. Yay, back-to-back weeks. I, I, oh, we got next week's off, I think. Uh, is it? Uh, yeah. Damn it. I don't remember. I think Damn next it. week is the week off. I got excited. But we can come back. We can come back and recap, and then we have three in a row after that. There so. it is. That's what, yeah. that's what I was getting uh, excited about. Yeah, off next week, and then, yeah, Italy, Monaco, Spain, all right in a row. That's going to be a good run. That's, man, month of May is the best month of the year for racing in general. I mean, all the big races, obviously Monaco, you got the Indy 500, NASCAR has their Coca-Cola 600. Like, it's a loaded month for racing. I'm excited, so make sure you're tuned in here. Make sure you're tuned into the NASCAR Gambling Podcast as well. Bunch of shows out over there always. You can follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. Uh, if you're an NFL fan, got uh, an article up there on sportsgamblingpodcast.com right now. Uh, it's going through divisional odds. Everything's kind of updated after the, the rookie draft has shaken out, and we know where everybody's landed at. Uh, and got got some fun bets in there, uh, some some stuff that I feel like is is uh, get, get in on it now, right, early, early on in the offseason. Yes, sir. Again, if you're a sports fan altogether, you love the SGPN for everything that we give you. Again, Cody, man, jumped in full bore, every, writing about everything and anything. Next, we'll find darts up there as well. Uh, maybe some uh, some spike ball. I don't know. I was riding snowboarding and, uh, gosh, what else did I Something else in the Olympics last year. It was. It's, I've been all over the place. <laughs> I, I love this network. I love everything about it. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I do for this network and, of course, for In Between Media. We talk in NASCAR. In Between Media back this Thursday. It's not my week, but... Please check out Seth and Elliot uh, as they have some fun breaking down what it will be this next race as well. All right. Let's have some F1 fun. American uh, Miami Grand Prix coming up. We'll talk to you next week to break it all down again. Until then, let's go racing and let it ride.